The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington Decker, President and CEO of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber and recorded at Dolphin Image Studios here in Winter Haven. Our producer from Dolphin Image Studios is Joe. Hey, Joe, tell our listeners a little bit about the studios. Thanks, Katie. At Dolphin Image Studios, we are a full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000-square-foot soundstage, a psych wall, an LED wall, a podcast studio, and a massive eight-acre backlot for all of your filming needs. To find us, go to facebook.com backslash Dolphin Image Studios or find us on Instagram at Dolphin Image Studios. On today's episode, I have an opportunity to interview Dr. Yakavitas, CEO of Bond Clinic PA. While we will certainly chat about Bond Clinic and his career as a thoracic surgeon, this interview is part of a series of interviews focused on getting to know the community physicians outside of their medical career and learn a little bit more about what they're involved with in the community. Dr. Yakavitas has much to share in that area. We will also have a legacy business spotlight on chamber member Barto Ford with an interview with Benny Robles Jr., president of the dealership. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and as a part of Advent Health's Pink Out Polk campaign, they are offering $30 screening mammograms now through October 31st for self-pay patients. Most of Advent Health's facilities now offer 3D mammogram technology for easy and convenient mammograms with flexible appointment options, extended hours, and multiple locations across the region. Most exams only take 30 minutes. For more information about qualification for screening mammograms, visit scheduleyourmammo.com. That's scheduleyourmammo.com. Dr. Yakavitas is a board-certified cardiothoracic surgeon at Bond Clinic here in Winter Haven. He wears numerous hats at the clinic, also serving as the chief executive officer of the partnership. Outside of his medical career, Dr. Yakavitas has an entrepreneur's heart and will share with us a bit about his ventures in the community. Well, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Yakavitas. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for the invitation, Katie. I appreciate uh, your time and your efforts here. Of course. So tell our listeners um, a little bit about yourself. Did you always want to become a doctor? Uh, my uh, idea of becoming a doctor came late in uh, my young adult life. <laughs> I was 18 uh, when I uh, decided that that was the profession that uh, I wanted to choose for the future. Uh, 
it was uh, a combination of my parents uh, showing me the different uh, professions and uh, sending me to shadow some of uh, their uh, friends and uh, mm-hmm. uh, relatives uh, at the, dairy, the different uh, professions and the different jobs that uh, were occupying at that time. So after uh, three months of uh, going from uh, a different workplace to workplace, um, I thought being a doctor, a family practice doctor actually, mm-hmm. was what uh, my dream uh, uh, became uh, uh, when I was uh, 18. And where did you grow up? Where is your family from? My family is from uh, Thessaloniki, Greece. Uh, it's the second uh, largest city in Greece, in the northern uh, part of Greece. Mm-hmm. And so what was that next step? So at 18, you said, I, I think this is what I want to do. What was the path you took from there? What happened was my uh, uncle, who is uh, the brother of my mom, uh, decided to uh, to invite me uh, all of a sudden to, to Houston. Uh, and uh, then I came to Houston. I went to college uh, in uh, Houston. I started my first year in San Jacinto College, which is a junior college in uh, Pasadena, Texas, next to, to Houston uh, metropolitan area. And then I transferred my uh, second year at the University of Houston at main campus, where I graduated from uh, there. And then I went to the University of uh, Texas Medical Houston, uh, Medical School at Houston. Mm-hmm. And so how'd you end up in Winter Haven? When I was finishing my cardiothoracic training, uh, I was looking for a place to make it home. Um, I looked at uh, the East Coast because I wanted to be closer to the East Coast because of my travels to Greece. Mm-hmm. That would cut down on the flying by two hours <laughs> both ways. So, so, And I had visited Florida. Um, actually, I visited uh, Sarasota uh, several times uh, previously, and um, I decided this is a place I wanted to, to be. So when um, I was looking for a, a position, um, there was uh, this uh, position in the Bone Clinic. So I took the opportunity. I came. I visited actually twice the area, and I really liked the area. Uh, it was what I thought uh I wanted to leave it uh, and make it home. Mm-hmm. And um, after a, a couple um, more interviews uh, and uh, the response from the Bone Clinic, uh, I'm here. Wow. And I'm here for uh, the next uh, 25 years. So you, Bond Clinic really has been your home for your entire medical career outside of your, fel- you know, once you got done with your schooling? Yes, yes. I've been here since I graduated from uh, University of West Virginia. And so thoracic surgery, explain to our listeners a little bit about, you know, what made you decide to pivot from uh, what you initially thought as family medicine being your career path to thoracic surgery? And, and what kind of ailments do you treat in that line of work? In medical school, you, you go through, in your third year, you go through your clinical rotations. Um, so my uh, clinical rotations were uh, surgery in the first uh, three months of my clinical year. And I was um, very intrigued about uh, the surgical part of uh, medicine. So I changed my mind uh, pretty fast once I saw the challenges uh, of a surgeon and uh, what he, w- he or she would have to do the rest of their life. So I made that decision then. Um, and then uh, I went to general surgery 
uh, for six years and then to cardiothoracic surgery uh, for another two years. Uh, thoracic surgery involves uh, basically working on all the elements of the chest. Uh, although I, I never practiced a, a cardiac surgery um, in the Winterhaven Hospital, uh, I was trained for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the last 25 years, I've been practicing and working on the pathologies of uh, the lung, which is mainly uh, lung cancer, esophageal disease, um, and uh, cancers of the chest or uh, tumors of the chest. Mm-hmm. So... You've been at Bond Clinic for a very long time and obviously a practicing physician um, for a long time, which does not make you sound old. You are still very, very young. <laughs> but um, several years ago, uh, you took the leap from from being a, f- a physician at the clinic and, in, and certainly involved in the clinic to taking an administrative role as the chief executive officer for the clinic as well. What made you interested in that business side of the medical profession? The business side is is more li- more like genetics uh, in in my family. All of my family <laughs> is involved in in the business. I did have some, uh, and I still have some outside of uh, medicine uh, uh, businesses. Um, but what what happened was that uh, the uh, economic uh, situation uh, at uh, the clinic uh, was changing. Mm-hmm. There were many undercurrents. Uh, because of the different changes in the payment system that uh, we were um, encounter, and that challenge um, created a vacuum at that at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, in that vacuum, um, uh, I stepped up, and um, I felt uh, strongly that I could uh, help uh, the clinic uh, uh, and the partnership. Um, and uh, I took a step forward, and uh, then everything else followed. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That was at a time when uh, the Obamacare discussion, the Affordable Care Act, was was starting to happen. When Bond Clinic was transferring from um, uh, to uh, electronic health records, which was certainly a big transition uh, for everyone in the industry. So there were a lot of challenges going on at the time that that you decided, hey, this is a a good idea to step into that. And you did mention that Bond Clinic is a collective, so all of the the physicians. Um, uh, uh, it's a partnership. So a lot of the physicians are involved in the uh, operations and are sounding boards to uh, how the clinic is run. So you mentioned you're kind of an entrepreneur at heart. So um, outside of the medical profession, you have uh, numerous ventures out in the community. Tell our listeners a little bit about those. As, as someone who, whose whole family is involved in, in business, you always have the tendency to get involved with... Um, uh, other businesses, uh, uh, and I, I'm sure some of uh, your listeners uh, uh, can appreciate that that they've been in this uh, in the same position. Mm-hmm. But um, I was I've been involved uh, with self uh, self car washes uh, for over around 20 years mm-hmm. in uh, car care centers uh, on the quick loop type, um, uh, and of course the uh, the Florida tropics. Um, so there, there are some other things that keep me busy during uh, the day and night. <laughs> Just a few. So so soccer, you have a passion for soccer, something I've always known about you. You really enjoy the sport. What's your history with soccer? I grew up in a, in a community that soccer was something of, of what brought the community, the community together, what brought people together. And um, 
we we all gather to the to the stadiums and cheered our team uh, uh, on Sundays, but they also spend a lot of time talking about the players, the team, um, the the competition. It was more like a social event. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, obviously, when I came here, uh, I had to pay attention more to my schooling and my education and training. Um, my youngest daughter w- was involved in into soccer um, early on, and although her interest um, uh, waned to to the theater, so she spent a lot of the rest of her uh, young uh, life in in the theater. I was left with a soccer uh, ball in my hand, um, <laughs> and uh, having. Having that background, I got involved with it from playing at the adult leagues here to having uh, teams uh, play at uh, the local, state, and national level. Mm -hmm. And so the Florida Tropics, for our listeners that may not be familiar, tell them a little bit about who the Florida Tropics are and, you know, their season is in full swing. Just a little bit about the team and, and how they can even get involved in it. The Florida Tropics is is his his two arms. So uh, basically, the one is the professional team that plays indoor. The indoor soccer is something unique in in, in the United States that was invented or started, I should say, in 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 the seventies and uh, really became very popular in the eighties, uh, where you had uh, indoor stadiums of fifteen thousand uh, people uh, in uh, watching uh, the games. That 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 part of 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 the of the club is uh, between uh, November to April, uh, usually four or five months. Now, with obviously with the coronavirus uh, uh, at our uh, front door, uh, things are changing, and mm-hmm. we have not uh, yet decided about when the game uh, will start or the season will start. But it looks like in in in, in, in January, sometime in in January. And also we have the outdoor team. Uh, the outdoor team is uh, a high-level um, amateur team. Um, some of uh, our players do play in the outdoor team, but uh, most of them, uh, they usually coach um, and train uh, the youth in, uh, in the youth club. Uh, we are highly associated in, with uh, the uh, Tropics Youth Club, obviously, that they're in Lakeland. And we have made uh, great uh, strides to uh, bring other organizations under the umbrella and the uh, Tropics brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get involved with uh, the Tropics, uh, obviously buying season tickets, coming to the games um, uh, is, is the first step. So you can get the, uh, the experience, uh, which is very different in the indoor versus the outdoor. Um, and that would be the first step if, if um, there are businesses that want to associate and sponsor the team and create events uh, along with uh, the games or outside of uh, uh, the, uh, the games, that's another opportunity. We have many uh, community um, uh, businesses that uh, have been involved with, uh, with the tropics and we have created events for, for the youth, uh, for people in need. Uh, as well as other activities that uh, promote um, uh, not just uh, uh, one part of our community, but our whole community. And the outdoor club, their games are off and running um, and are played at Lake Myrtle Sports Complex, correct, in Auburndale? Correct. The outdoor games are played at Lake Myrtle. Um, it's, it's, it's a great facility. Uh, it's run uh, very professional 
by uh, the uh, city of Humberdale mm-hmm. with the assistance of, uh, of the county and the sports marketing group, which has uh, done such a great job in, uh, in not only for, for the park, uh, but also for, uh, for our county. So to check out their schedule, if you're interested in learning more, their website is fltropics.com. And you can check out their schedule for the season uh, and learn a little bit more about the team. So um, all of the organizations that um, you're involved with, Dr. Yakavides, from Bond Clinic to the Florida Tropics, are very involved in the community. Why is that important to you? This is the reason we're here. Uh, we all have uh, a job uh, to do to provide uh, food for our family. But after that, uh, I strongly feel that the reason we're here is to bring uh, all of us together uh, to improve our um, uh, life, to help each other, uh, and uh, especially uh, to bring people together away from the arguments and uh, make uh, this this beautiful, beautiful area even more attractive uh, for everybody. Mm-hmm. I love this. It, let's pull people away from the arguments, get away from social media, and get out there and, and really get to know the community that you live in. So, Dr. Yacobitas, is there anything else you want our listeners to, to know about you or, or the ventures that you're involved with? I want to thank all of you for, for the support, uh, not just... Uh, for the bone clinic and myself, but also for everything we do with uh, with the tropics, the tropics uh, and bone clinic uh, have not accomplished what what uh, we see today by themselves. They have been accomplished because there's a great team behind those names, but also they have been accomplished um, those goals because uh, community members uh, from the smallest, from the aids or ability uh, to the to the highest. Um, so I appreciate their effort and their commitment for, for a better future for our community. And I hope we continue working hard for the next 10, 20 years and planning for even further out. Well, great. Well, you can learn more, of course, at bondclinic.com. Um, certainly, they've been treating you well, as they say, in the community for a very long time. Um, and, of course, uh, one of our, our newer community members, the Florida Tropics, that's been around for a couple years, has certainly proven that they are committed to this community. So, Dr. Yakovides, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you. podcast would not be possible without our chamber investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Meeks Real Estate. Winter Haven was rated by Realtor.com as our number one hottest real estate market. Do you need help navigating your home search? Meeks Real Estate LLC is owned and operated by broker Realtor Carla Meeks. Carla has over 14 years of experience in residential and commercial real estate, as well as her GRI designation. Her office is located at 1510 North Broadway Avenue in Bartow but Carla is actively involved in all of Polk County. Call or text Carla at any time. She would love to help you buy, sell, build, and invest in Central Florida. 863-604-4000.
888-888-9287 or visit CarlaMakesRealtor.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-M-E-E-K-S Realtor.com. Today we are excited to feature a Legacy Business Spotlight showcasing Bartow Ford, which was founded in 1948. Benny Robles Jr., now the President and General Manager of the dealership, will share with us some of the thoughts about why their business has stood the test of time. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. It's my first one, so you should, it's a special moment. Oh, it's my wow. first podcast ever. <laughs> It's a baby book moment. We'll have to be sure. And so, <laughs> so um, Bartow Ford has been a staple in the Polk County community for many, many years. Tell our listeners a little bit about the dealership's history. You know what's really ironic? Because um, we're we're really known for truck sales, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, over 75, excuse me, 73 years ago, uh, Ernest Smith's father, our founding father, Ernest Smith, his father had a huge construction company in Florida and they were having a very hard time getting Ford trucks for their construction company. Hmm. So their idea was let's buy a Ford franchise in a little small town. And now we'll have a direct pipeline to trucks for our construction company. So (laughs) the dealership itself was kind of an afterthought. And honestly, it was in Bartow off main street. Uh, Ernest Smith ran it and they actually at the time sold, um, appliances and vehicles at the at the same time. Oh wow! So, you know, fast forward, and you know, the one thing that Ernest kind of figured out ahead of everybody else is to really take care of your employees. Mm-hmm. They'll take care of the customers, and the bottom line will take care of itself. And so, that has grown from you know from there to where we we were at where the Lowe's is at in Bartow. And now we're on 30 acres, obviously, right off Highway 98. Mm-hmm. And isn't the, the side road right next to you, is that named after the founder yeah. of the dealership? I, I did correct. not know that, but I, I've ridden my bike on that road several times from the Fort Fraser Trail. So there you it go. definitely is. And he, he was someone that was very big also in the community and giving mm-hmm. back to the community, whether it was at an individual level, a, you know, a monetary level, or even giving his time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did your family get involved in Bartow Ford? Well, um, I guess, obviously, I wasn't alive at this moment. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been around a long time. <laughs> yes, uh, Bartow Ford was um, having a couple issues. And my father, um, who um, came over from Cuba without his family and was going to USF and then was working for Ford Credit, would have to come through and audit the inventory once a month. So he was coming through auditing the inventory with Ernest. Uh, they, they formed a friendship. Mm-hmm. And Ernest said, hey, how about you quit at Ford Credit and you come work for me? And my father started here as a finance manager, worked his way up, sales manager, general sales manager, general manager. Mm-hmm. Now it's come time for uh, Mr. Smith to to retire. But he really cared about the people at Bartow Ford. And he had a couple other dealerships, but this was his baby. And he didn't want to sell the store to just some conglomerate that was going to you know, fire these people because, you know, the balance sheet said that needed to happen. He wanted to sell it to someone who's going to care about the people and the community. So he found a way for over a period of time for my father to buy in. Um, and that's, that's how that they got, that's how he got involved. Wow. That says a lot about 
him that he was willing to kind of wait it out, kind of a slowly sell by allowing your dad to to buy into the dealership. That's incredible. Speaks a lot to his character. So did you growing up know that you wanted to get into the car industry, the car business? Or, you know, what was that like growing up? You know, it's funny because uh, I've been blessed in the fact that um, I always enjoyed coming up here and, and hanging out. We, we definitely definitely put a lot of work in, but we have fun. And um, I believe I was just up here so much on the summer, like at 12, that they said, hey, why don't you go ahead and start washing cars? And <laughs> just the other day we moved, I found a book that, you know, in fourth grade, you had to write a book and mm-hmm. then you had to put like a about the author. And in the um, in the uh, about the author – and I don't even remember doing this. I said, well, I wanted to play football for Notre Dame, and I wanted to own <laughs> some Ford dealerships. And I, So I'm one for two. There you go. Um, <laughs> but, but no, so I always I always wanted – I wouldn't say I always wanted to own a car dealership, but I always wanted to be part of the family and community that is Bartow Ford. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, you, you talked about – the kind of mantra of the founder of Bartow Ford in, you know, if you treat your employees well, they will treat your customers well. And that is what breeds a successful business. What lessons have you personally learned uh, from going into business ownership and entrepreneurship? Um, well, one, you need to always be ready for to be on your toes and be ready for, for the changes that happen, whether it be in the actual car industry or whether it be what we've gone through, uh, obviously this year with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things I remember learning in college is uh, a guy, one of our professors said business is dynamic, meaning always changing. And the car business has gone through many, many, many different changes, um, whether it was the uh, the birth of the you know internet and customers having information and being more empowered. Mm-hmm. But what's nice about Bartow Ford too is the more things change, the more to say is same. Um, you know, that level of transparency at Bartow Ford for customers was already there. Mm-hmm. So while a lot of dealerships were struggling with, oh, now they know what my cost is, they know this or that, that was okay with us because um, we had a level of transparency. So I believe that um, the biggest lesson I've learned is to just always be able to change and adapt quickly to your environment. Absolutely. And and that prepares you for years like this. If you've been able to adapt along the way, then um, not that this year is not a big deal, but you're able to pivot a lot uh, more quickly than someone kind of right. stuck in a rut. So no, definitely. one thing that um, has always impressed me about Bartow Ford is how... Uh, involved they are in the community and and obviously in Bartow but not just Bartow Um, really the greater Polk County community from what you do with the school system to to just a lot of different um, you know you have a lot of your employees and a lot of your uh, team out in the community doing cool things why is that important to you well I believe that what makes um, Bartow Ford special is is Obviously, it's the employees that we have working here. Our people are better and understand the culture of Bartow Ford than other places. But also, it's the actual community we live in. And, and Bartow Ford feels like our community is Polk County because we mm-hmm. outsell everybody in Polk County. We sell everywhere in Polk County. Truthfully, uh, we, we, we sell a lot of vehicles to Tampa, Orlando, but definitely Polk County. And to me, there's something special about Polk County also because there, you know, there's a lot of people that live here, but there's still a small town value part that is 
in Polk County mm-hmm. where word of mouth advertising is still the best form of advertising. And if the community we live in makes Sparta Ford special, we would be silly not to make sure that we made the community that we live in special. So whether it's, you know, being involved in the Achievement Academy or VISTI or Talbot House Ministries, we just really believe that our success is due to the people in the area. So we got to get back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you're right. Word of mouth advertising. If they have a good experience at Bartow Ford, they're going to just shout that from the hilltops. And if they have a bad experience, they'll shout it from the hilltops. Exactly. Not that that would ever happen. So. But. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did some research um, just earlier this year, and, you know, about 65% of our business is actually repeat customers or referrals, wow. meaning someone bought from us and they said, hey, you know, brother or sister or mom or dad or cousin, this is the place you need to go. So um, that wouldn't happen if obviously – we didn't have one of the lowest prices around, but also we weren't taking care of people, not just the day of the sale, but after the sale also. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, total side note question, but since mm-hmm. we were talking about forms of advertising, when you you know got more involved in the da- a dealership and then eventually um, became the general manager of the dealership, was filming commercials something high on your list you seem like you have an outgoing personality but does that make you nervous at all when they the film crew shows up to film the commercials the the commercials i've gotten used to i actually i am outgoing but i get i get shy about people recognizing me Mm -hmm. from the from the tv i get shy about that if that makes sense when when someone brings it up i don't really know what to say but i you know when i when i took over i I upped our advertising budget because i believe that Polk County is one of the fastest growing counties population-wise mm-hmm. in the state of Florida. So, yes, if you grew up in Polk County, you know Bartow Ford is a place to go buy a vehicle. But if you're just moving here, you don't necessarily know that. And when you do come to Bartow Ford, and I know our mantra is we're different and we prove it, which to me is a little corny, but truthfully, <laughs> that's the only way I can explain it because people come here and there is a difference. There's a warm feeling. It's fun. Uh, like I said, we take care of the customer. So. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, A, I wanted to be the person on TV because I wanted people to come in and see that, hey, this person actually is here working, involved in the store. Um, and I wanted our branding to, I wanted to, I wanted everybody to give us a shot when they're looking for a new pre-owned Ford. So I wanted our branding to really be there. Yeah. I noticed on the homepage of your website, right up top, there's a talk to the owner and there's your picture right at the top and you can go into a contact form and, and, uh, and send it to you directly, which I thought was kind of neat on your website. No, so. that goes, and that goes straight to my cell phone. And it's sometimes at nine o'clock at night. I'll, I mean, I get some crazy <laughs> I don't know ones, if you want to say that. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, it does because, you know, I, obviously I get, I get some crazy ones, but mm-hmm. also I get ones that need to be addressed because I have 300 employees here at the dealership. I could not guarantee that all 300 of them are always going to be on point all the time. That's hard for me to leave. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I am not. I don't say on the radio that we don't make any mistakes at Bartow Ford. But what I do say is that when we do make a mistake, we make it right. So I need to know, I need to know what, what's happening and, and what people are thinking. Right, right. So what um, vehicles are you most excited about coming up in the next model year? I would say, um, obviously, the Bronco. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. Oh, my really husband was telling about me about that. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is, and I, I wish that Ford would actually ask people that are actually at the store, 
Ford planned on making about 175,000 Broncos for the first year. Mm-hmm. Right now, they already have 230,000 pre-orders. Wow. So they're, you know, they're trying to gear up and find a way to, to make more. But so the, the demand and the excitement on it is amazing. And they finally have real pictures of it. And mm-hmm. sometimes they let me down. And I'm like, oh, that's not what originally we were thinking. But I think they had a home run when you're talking about the Bronco. The other one that they have coming, and I wish they would have called it something different because it's not. It's a four-door vehicle, but they call it the Mustang. But it's a it's an electric vehicle that can go 400 miles on one 45-minute charge. Wow. Um, so, you know, a lot of times on electric vehicles, it, it's, it's not very practical, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, like a lot of them, they had to charge for six to eight hours or things like that. Mm-hmm. And you could only go a little ways. But now you're talking about a normal person don't does not drive more than 400 miles a day. That they can charge their vehicle at home and they can use their vehicle without ever tapping into using any type of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually the batteries even goes further and way more powerful than the, the Tesla one. And everybody talks about Tesla, but mm-hmm. uh, Ford definitely gives them a run for their money on this electric vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have noticed Ford is very responsive to kind of consumer trends and consumer desires when it comes to, um, you know, it's so funny to kind of talk about, hey, the Ford F-150 and um, Ford trucks are certainly staples of, um, you know, the the kind of workman's industry, construction and mm-hmm. um, and all of that. Um, and then I just actually, while we were talking, I pulled up the Bronco because you piqued my interest on what the final design looked like with that. And that is a pretty sweet looking car. <laughs> right there oh, yeah, that's gonna... a really nice looking car but then at the same token on the flip side ford has a lot of um uh has always had models that appeal to people that are looking for fuel efficiency and um kind of the environmental angle of it yeah they're, they're able to obviously with their resources and being around for so long and being so successful they're able to run the gamut on taking care of everybody from a to z so mm-hmm. um I do. I do. It's a great time to be a Ford franchise owner. That's great. So, you know, everyone always um, has kind of these wives tales about when the best time to buy a car is like, oh, wait till the end of month when they're trying to meet quotas or um, wait for, you know, the Columbus Day special or the Memorial Day special. So, you know, you being behind the scenes and in the industry, is there a best time to buy a car? Well, you know what? And I get a lot of dealers get mad at me for saying this, but it's actually a pet peeve of mine. Um, the answer to that, and I have a commercial actually talked about it. The answer to that is no. There's not any special time. I mean, you see, and you, you'll never see me advertise a Fourth of July sale or end of the year closeout. Or, you know, I, I saw one commercial a long time ago that said that Obama called them directly and told them they had to move inventory. And trust me, <laughs> the president's not calling individual dealerships, but but really, if you really think about it, what if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm a dealership and I'm advertising, this is the best time to buy a vehicle Fourth of July weekend sale, right? Mm-hmm. What so what what did I just tell everybody the week before they got a bad deal? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They should have waited. And then if you can't get to my store on Fourth of July, does that mean you need to wait a year? So you can't come the next week and get that same amazing deal? It's a it's a gimmick to create excitement and buzz, um, but Truth be told, every, every every dealership is trying to put a deal together every single day, no matter what. Um, and truthfully, all they're doing with all that extra hoopla and advertising and gimmicks and games 
is driving up their cost of doing business, which they're going to pass along to the customer. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why I would rather give the best deal around every day and save all the fireworks and uh, blow up uh, King Kongs and stuff for for some for someone else. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners that may not be familiar with Barto Ford, where are you located? Uh, we are right on Highway 98 North, um, right by the Barstool Hospital. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming from Lakeland and you go down 98 uh, and south and you'll come see us on the big left-hand side, we're on 30 acres, you can't miss us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also can contact us at barstoolsport.com. I mean, we uh, actually, great timing, right before the pandemic, Starting the year, uh, we came up with one of the only websites where you can actually do pretty much your complete purchase all online, and we can deliver it to you. Because we saw we saw a trend that people were some people are wanting to not come into the store; they want to do it online. So mm-hmm. we are fully capable of even doing that. That's great. Yeah, I I am one of those people. I absolutely hate buying a car. <laughs> And, you know, part of my problem, Benny, is that I just I know what I want and I get really excited about it. So my ability to negotiate is completely eroded Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'm like, nope, this is it. This is the color. This is the interior. (laughs) This is everything I want. And so I probably, you know, just look like I'm just the perfect target. Like, oh, yeah, no, this is low as we can go because I'm Mm -hmm. they know I'm going to get the car. I'm just so excited about it. No, I got you. (laughs) But um, so you did mention you have you do have a very robust website and that whole process is amazing that you can pretty much get to the the um the culmination of your car purchase through the website but is there anything else that people that are in that car shopping mode uh, should look for on your website um i mean we have a easily searchable inventory i would mm-hmm. say that because we do so much volume that there's always about 20 to 25 percent of our inventory that's not on there. It's getting ready to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a revolving door. We can you can get your vehicle appraised, but I, you know I would say, and I, I, people rank buying a vehicle with going to the dentist, like right up there, <laughs> right? right? Which I totally get because I've been in other stores, but you know I know you said you don't like going in there, but you know we 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 really try to make it fun. I, I could not Im- imagine buying a vehicle, spending 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand and having a terrible time uh, doing it. Right. And I would say, especially when it comes online, all a lot of dealerships have done is what they used to do with the paper. They put a ridiculously low price in there. It looks lower than everybody else because now they want you to show up for that vehicle. And now that vehicle is not there or mm-hmm. you don't qualify that price. I mean, I saw a price one time where, the person had to be uh, be a church, own a quarter horse, own their own business, and just graduated college to qualify for all the rebates. And I don't know a lot of people that check all four <laughs> of those boxes all at the same time. But um, so I, I would say when you're looking for, don't look for the best price. Look for the best deal. And that's going to be obviously price. That's going to be the most money for your trade. That's going to be the best interest rate. Mm-hmm. That's, going to, that's going to be who's going to treat you the best. And then honestly, if you have an issue, vehicles are made in Detroit, not in heaven. If you have an issue a week later, a month later, <laughs> who's going to be there to take care of you after the sale? Right. And then that's the best deal. Those things right there. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that phrase. <laughs> the vehicles are made in Detroit, not in heaven. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that um, one of the things that um, actually was a pre-pandemic, but good timing was the ability to deliver the vehicle to someone. Um 
Is there anything else that people could expect that might be a little bit different when shopping for a vehicle in this kind of time of, of pandemic recovery? Well, I mean, obviously we still have all the processes in place to help with, um, you know, uh, you know, hand sanitizer stations and masks. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have our, you know, when someone brings a vehicle to service, we have our porter, you know, wipe down all the touch points. And then when we give it back to the customer, we have someone wipe down all the touch points. Um, uh, besides that and the ability to deliver vehicles, that's something that we've had to do. That's mm-hmm. something we've had to do anyways because we'll have people that live in Lakeland. They move to Atlanta, but they still want to buy vehicles from us. Mm-hmm. So we've been delivering vehicles for a long time, uh, just doing it online where you can sign what your paperwork is, what's changed. But like I said, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm-hmm. And people still just want to be treated right, fairly, and they want to do business with someone they like and they trust. And that's just always been Barso Ford. Absolutely. Well, that is a good way to wrap this up. And Benny, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come onto the podcast today and tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, Bartow Ford and and truly want to thank you for your commitment to the Polk County community and really making that uh, a part of the corporate value of Bartow Ford. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me and for my first podcast. It's been fun. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of local businesses in the Winter Haven community, including our presenting sponsor, Fred Simons Insurance Agency. That's right. There's a new farmer's insurance agent in your neighborhood. Meet Fred Simons with the Fred Simons Insurance Agency located at 325 Avenue C Southwest, Winter Haven, Florida. As the road you travel changes, so can your insurance needs. Give Fred Simons a call today at 863-259-1826 so he can help you as you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. That's Farmers Insurance Agent Fred Simons at 863-259-1826. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Well, that's it for another episode of It's Happening in the Haven. We'd like to thank our guests for today's podcast, Dr. Yakavitis, physician and CEO at Bond Clinic PA, Benny Robles Jr. with Bartow Ford. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber of Commerce, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hoped you learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home.